0: Play a game. Is that a Unix book? Ah uh, ah uh,
1: ah! Uh. You didn't say the magic word. Ah ah ah! The files are in the computer. We're only using a simple polyphonetic, the group twenty square digit key transpose from booster phonic form with
0: multiple nulls. After very careful consideration, sir, I've come to the conclusion that your new defense
1: system sucked. So the combination is one two three four five.
0: So it's a code breaker. No, it's the code breaker. Welcome to another episode of the CyberTap. Well, we're going to do something that I guess most other podcasts are probably doing right now. We're going to have a COVID episode, Mike. Why are we doing that? (laughs) Well, there are some cybersecurity implications and uh, with all the work from home and and things going on. Haven't we heard enough about this? No. No. (laughs) No. No. Well, it's impacting us. This will be the last episode for a while that we record in the studio, so... Here we go, I guess. We're doing it. We got George with us. George
1: decided to stick around just long just enough. Just long enough. So, hi, George. Hi, Matt. Hi, Mike. Hi. Germs <laughs> so, don't scare so, me. So you're, yeah, they scare me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's alluding to the fact that we have a table full of antibacterial wipes and Lysol, Lysol and sanitize sanitizer. So
0: if we're, we're probably going to put a picture out on social about this, but if you see it, you should know we have not hoarded this. We didn't buy any of this stuff post-pandemic. I ask every year around September, October, that my admin who does all our purchasing for us stocks us full of disinfectant wipes. I think this has its own budget line. It should if it doesn't, because I'm a bit of a germaphobe. So we bring this stuff in way early and now we're sitting on a gold mine, but we're using it to sanitize our classrooms, all of our office, you know, hard surfaces, keyboards, mice. Chairs. I have choked people out of the office M- with Matt Lysol. Matt is sniffing it in his office constantly. I, I picked Free the heck basin. of a day to stop sniffing glue. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, we we do have a table full of sanitizer. We thought it'd make a great picture, so you might you might catch us on social media. But we're going to do a COVID episode because we want to talk about some specifics and some things that we're seeing in the world. So lots of news stories, as most of you are probably aware, that COVID is now the basis for a number of scams, uh, attack vectors, bait for fishing, and all of those things. So let's jump into this and let's talk about some of these news stories and unpack them a little bit. Yeah, nothing like a global pandemic to bring
1: out the the wonderful people. In yeah, this.
0: the creeps in the world. Yeah. So it's the people hoarding toilet paper
1: <laughs> and cyber Why attackers. toilet paper is so valuable at this point, I don't know. I have not found myself going more than normal during a pandemic, <laughs> yeah, but... No scaring the stuff out of people <laughs> okay so let's unpack the news okay so we talked about you know you mentioned scams so uh, one of the ones we've talked about in the past is email phishing oh yeah phishing so part part of the the layer that the scammers have been adding now is, is the covid there's a article that came out or at least there was some some notice of an article i don't have the original article around but it's talking about uh college professionals or college students getting uh, email correspondence, supposedly from university personnel. Well, uh, we,
0: we can certainly attest to the number of COVID-related messages that our university is sending out. And I quite- haven't seen any that have looked like spam yet, but what an interesting target that is. And it certainly makes sense for us to be aware of it.
1: Right. So they're, they're offering bogus updates about closures or other virus-related news as it pertains to the university. And inside of these emails, they've got links that are going to like fake one drives or office 365 login screens. And they're looking to capture their user credentials. So
0: nothing, nothing new there from kind of the method, but using COVID as the bait, right? Yeah. So George, you probably, I mean, you have a lot of experience. We do fish testing services. So I mean, it's pretty common for, you know, whatever the topic,
1: a hot topic in the news to be be part of the bait, right? Anything that's trending, anything that is, uh, makes people's curiosity peak, and because this impacts everybody, doesn't matter if it's if you're a child, yeah. professional, working from home, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, the country is shutting down, and people and are want Yeah, and people are legitimately worried about it. They or, are, or interested, or interested. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I think it's it's good bait. So, I guess the 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 real question, or not, the and question because here.
1: it's everywhere, it's hard to determine. What is a good site and what isn't a good site? Because everyone and yeah. every organization is providing podcasts or other forms of information about COVID. We're legit, mm-hmm. I swear.
0: Yeah, I we're promise. not. This isn't a phishing podcast.
1: <laughs> the takeaway, though, is be very cautious what you
0: click in, especially if it's related to something that is hot news. And right now that's COVID. Yes. So so be careful.
1: Yeah, if you do a search on Google or Bing for COVID-19 or novel coronavirus don't just click on the first one. You know, look for sources that you trust. Go to your employer. Go to maybe your medical provider who might be providing information on their website. Right. Just don't, you know, don't let the search engines feed you information that you may not trust.
0: Yeah. So that kind of takes me to the article that I was looking at from Krebs about fake websites. And uh the, particularly Johns Hopkins had developed a COVID map. It was a heat map, and most of us have seen it as kind of a picture of the United States or the, or the world kind of in black and gray outline. And then there was the red dots that were growing by number of cases and regions. And it would show you the hot spots, which is what a heat map is. There's been some nefarious actors out there using that on malicious websites or in phishing emails. And they're using it to drop off or unload a crap ton of malware on people. And so, George, that's perfect what you were saying. So you have to be very cautious because this they used the exact map because it was an open map that could be embedded in other sites and they were using it to actually attract the, the viewers. And then when you clicked on it, it would actually install malware. So great point, George, make sure you're being very cautious about what you click on. And I think it's if you can even get to the site, George, because you have an article that you were going to chat about.
1: Uh, I think it was HHS or someone detected a DDoS attack correct, or some kind of denial of service. So Health and Human Services, right, that's the central point of of healthcare management in the United States. They run the Medicare and Medicaid services. They oversee the, the HIPAA regulations that's enforced through the Office of Civil Rights. So any major announcement that's meant for medical providers is going to hit there first. They are a prime target for misinformation or trying to spread campaigns that's going to, you know, strengthen the mistrust in in the government. and And they saw uh, over the weekend a huge flood of dis- what they believe to be distributed denial of service, which means that it's you don't have one particular bad actor; you have hundreds, potentially thousands. So it's likely someone who is spoofing addresses. It could be someone who has a botnet under their control. Mm-hmm. you know naked security who who one of the articles I read did imply that the, it could be an apt or a nation foreign actor because it 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 happened about the time where there was a social media campaign about um, a nationwide lockdown quarantine that was fake that was fake uh, and and because typically cyber attacks that have commercial interests, either stealing intellectual property or to monetize data, they're not coordinated coordinated like Mm -hmm. that. It's it's a single event. It's a single target. It's not uh, an information campaign. Right. What I think
0: is interesting about that article and us talking about this denial of service on HHS is that the the website had to be under load anyway, because it's one of the primary places for people to go to find
1: good information. Correct. And- It's a fairly static website. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of interaction to it. With it being already busy, um, it would probably wouldn't take much to overload it. I wouldn't think so. I'm surprised. so it it makes it a good target, the CDC or something like that, which seems to be more of a prime point of information for most folks in this country. Yeah, CDC or WHO
0: or someone like that. I, I would definitely, if I was on those security teams, I'd be watching for it though. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: this also happened about the same time that uh, OCR released, or they they reduced the the restrictions on uh, information sharing those organizations that have to protect electronic health health information as long as they're doing good faith due care they can implement additional measures these days whether it's telemed using facetime and skype and things that typically would not be hipaa compliant yeah they're allowed to do that okay Uh, and as long as they do it in good faith and you know they're not trying to take advantage of their patients um, any sort of security violations will be, I don't want to say overlooked, but leniency will be applied. Yeah. I think the D, the DDoS
0: or, you know, any denial of service tax, some of the, the big central repositories of information dissemination. So we mentioned CDC, WHO, HHS, they certainly need to be on the lookout. It's probably not one of these... Cyber attacks that is going to affect, you know, a ton of different small websites or I think our website, unless somebody now has heard this, wants to come after it as it (laughs) relates to COVID. Uh, But, you know, the the phishing, the fake sites certainly can impact all of us. So we have to be very cognizant of what's going on in those areas. And another one, Mike, I think you had mentioned an article about charities.
1: I did. Yeah. Coming from Krebs. Again, I, I've been told for the people in the know, that's how you
0: refer to him. Yeah, just Krebs. He's everybody knows. Krebs. right?
1: For, for those that don't, it was Brian Krebs. He's a famous security reporter. Uh, I was one of the not in the know. I was informed of that. <laughs> Mike's still a little bit new to cyber. Uh, hey, we acknowledge that. in yeah, the very absolutely. First episode. This is kind of new. Uh, but anyway, uh, he said some criminals have been setting up companies that allegedly are based in Quebec and Nebraska, which I don't get the correlation. <laughs> I don't understand why those two. Why those two cities? Together. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there, there might be an underlying reason. I'm just not sure. Ah, the
0: French Nebraskans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, they're they're set up these websites in order to try to recruit people to help launder money using COVID-19 as a scam. So they actually named it Vasty Healthcare Foundation, and they basically screen scraped the GlobalGiving.org site to make it look legit. Uh, and then they have they want to have people set up Bitcoin accounts in order to process donations. So I think this is another good lesson. Watch out
0: for. Fake charities. Know who you're giving your money to. <laughs> right. There's we've, lots we've seen of good this, local sources oh, without in a community. Doubt. Without a doubt. And we've seen this before. This is not new for the COVID pandemic. No. We saw this around 9-11 and, you know, fake Red Cross donations and things like that. And uh, so, Hurricane Katrina. Hurricane uh, Katrina, all- the Haitian earthquake, anything that is, you know, devastating and it's impacting lives and livelihoods, people want to help, which is great. And I love that. That means there's, there are compassionate
1: people in this world, <laughs> yeah. which is a lovely thing. Which I believe would probably be a much larger number than these others that we keep getting yeah, a lot absolutely. of voice to. But be careful. Make sure
0: you're giving to a, a reputable, well-established charity because the fake ones are certainly popping up. I think these have made for some interesting stories to look at some news articles to unpack Again, so basically, don't click on anything don't yeah, go just, anywhere don't read anything well no, I think no, it's good this is true. the truth I mean the truth of the matter is these types of things fake charities exist phishing exists yeah. fake websites exist that unload malware on you it's just flavor denial of service right, right it's all flavored with COVID right now we see it just be ever more aware about what's going on out there and they're going to use this as bait to get you to click so be careful but always be vigilant be yep. careful so stay informed. I, yeah, and stay informed, and hopefully through our podcast. And we're going to be around, hopefully, for a while. And buy a lot of toilet paper, right? <laughs> I guess so. And on that note, let's get to the <laughs> second segment. Here at CyberTap, like many places, a lot of people have been missing work. I wouldn't say I've been missing work, Bob. <laughs> and of course, that was a nice tee-up for an office space quote. We all love that movie for sure. What did
1: TPS stand for? I don't think... Do we know?
0: The, the, you needed a cover page on that TPS report. Yeah, I don't remember what the TPS I stand for. I don't know. So when I my first job, I had somebody come up and ask me about generating a TPS report, and I almost quit on the spot. So I thought, <laughs> I don't want my life to be that. But it was... I can't remember what the T stood for, but it was printing supplies. It was like toner and printing
1: supplies Testing or something. procedure, I don't specification. That, yeah, that's not that something. That doesn't feel right. I feel like that's made up. As a whole made up entertainment. In a tech, trode.
0: So we, we cue that up because we want to talk about. I know most of you that are listening are listening from home or probably not at the office or not even on the way to the office. I, I listen to a lot of my podcasts in the car on my commute in and my commute home, and I won't be doing that. So I'll be finding other times because a lot of us are working from home here at Cybertap. It's no different. You can drive around your your property. Just I could, I could. You got but, a lawnmower. You can- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My big zero turn. I do listen to podcasts <laughs> when I mow the grass. The grass isn't growing yet though. So like, like you, we're in the same boat. We, we kind of joked about how much disinfectant we have, but we're shutting down most not, of our, we're not
1: joking though. There, there is a copious amount of there disinfectant. Yeah.
0: So we are shutting down most of
1: our operations. George, your team, No client-facing engagements until further notice. Client travel has been frozen, partly due to our guidance from the university, but also our healthcare clients. They don't want vendors, visitors. If you're not sick, they don't don't want you there. yeah. And if you are sick, depending on what your acuity is, they have different protocols right now. So what's the logistics of trying to get that all scheduled to finish out the year? It's It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's... uh, You know, our third and qu- fourth quarter is busy anyway, because for those folks that have security projects that if they're linked to an annual reporting, they want to wait to the end of the year to do it. Yeah. Now we're just going to have to. It, it is
0: for for Georgia's team in the healthcare world. It's a little bit of a slow time for you or slower, but there's we have canceled projects. We have canceled educational offerings. We have our, our last face to face, which we it was good because we only had nine people in the class. So even the president's latest, you know, groups of under 10 with the instructor, we made it. But a couple of them, we we allowed to leave early to work from home or study, learn from home in this case. But we've we've kind of met the mandate, but we're shutting down face-to-face options. Biz, business development's
1: been slow because people don't want to talk about additional projects right now. They're just trying to get through the chaos. Some of our staff are going to be working 72-hour shifts. And make <laughs> no, a, no, no, I don't think
0: that's the case. So it's, you know, continuity of operations plans are going into effect right now. What can we do? So we'll be working from home like you. Now, there's some things that we've seen in the world, though, in our world and across the globe. Some of these services that support online working are being overloaded, right? So we see VPNs that are being overloaded. Even Purdue extended some of their capability on VPN. We don't actually run that ourselves, so we don't exactly know what it was. But we know that companies are having to go out and buy more licenses for the VPN services mm-hmm. and more infrastructure for VPN services so people can continue to work from home. So if your company's facing that, yeah, it's something you have to consider, certainly. And Mike, you
1: you were bringing up the Microsoft Teams outages we've seen. Several hours back on March 16th, I believe, uh, where. Teams went down globally. Uh, it was the biggest impact over in Europe because they were actively in their yeah, we're, yeah. work and the US was just logging in to start theirs. And so there was several hours where teams just was non functional. Uh I believe they've rectified it since. Um, and I don't believe there have been any recurring mm-hmm. issues with it. But we're yeah.
0: Microsoft Teams users. We so are. as we, I'm just telling our staff today as we're getting ready to shut down as we're recording this, we're kind of locking down the office a little further. And I said, you know, be on Teams, <laughs> right, George? That's what yeah, that's That was what one of your said. recommendations I include in the message. So be on Teams, be in communication with each other. But these
1: services are starting to get overloaded. Yeah. So it's something to consider, certainly. I think WebEx is another one of our our software tools that has some impact and performance from the over overuse or the additional use that we've yeah. had to engage with. So we had a heck of a time last week with some of
0: our WebExes. You couldn't get logged in. It just, it was overloaded. I think was was it technician was it Eric who was it that was showing me the map? Was that you, Mike? there was a oh yeah oh that it, was you yeah it was a it? Uh,
1: it was a site I don't know it was called like uh down it was yeah one of the ones that just shows down it times tracks of downtime many, yeah tracks down times, yeah. so I was just looking at today and I think it was pretty pretty low baseline all the way up till about noon and then right. it like spiked to like three hundred or four hundred reported issues. I don't know whatever the number was it was tracking. And so it was it was a high spike and then it came back down a little bit. I know I don't
0: think it's just WebEx, right? So the big players in that space, like Zoom and WebEx mm-hmm. and other teleconferencing, video conferencing services. So we started giving some tips. Maybe we can share them with our listeners a little bit because there's some things that you can do depending on configurations, depending on what services you use. So we wanted to offer you all a few tips about working from home or what you might be able to tell your staff. So again, Mike has the IT kind of infrastructure, business services staff. George is the cyber professional. I cut my teeth in technology. So we have a little bit to offer. It's not anything groundbreaking, I would say. No. But one of the things I would say, right, thinking about web conferencing, don't use video unless you need it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you're at home and you're like, I'm desperate to see people's faces. Well, that taxes the system far more than just the conference, the audio conference calling. And balance out, right? So are you only using the VoIP service or do you use the call in lines? Because those things, if you kind of choose wisely, it can help not tax the system as much. So we were on a web conference yesterday and we did use video and it worked okay. But if you're having trouble with that you do have a call that needs to be, you know, kill the video and just stick with the audio if you can.
1: Right. We mentioned the VPN. Don't use it. If you don't need it to get to certain tools or certain of your software pieces, like, for ours, our, our outlook or our email. Yeah. We don't need to get on the VPN for that. What do you think about that, George?
0: Because there's some security implications and we, you know, we try to encourage the VPN use, but if it's causing issues and you don't need it, maybe don't use it. I, I mean, I think I, I like I that. would agree
1: with Mike. So yeah. if you're working from home, if you feel like you can trust your home network and you trust your internet service provider, then you can probably lay off the VPN, right? If you're teleworking and you have to go to the library. Or you have to go to a coffee shop because they have got better bandwidth. The VPN absolutely is something you should be running.
0: Yeah, we talked about it a little bit when we talked about personal VPNs. I think yeah. Purdue's set up as a split tunnel, so your web traffic still goes out through the normal routes, while just the the traffic destined back, for, you know, uh, destined for Purdue resources comes through the tunnel.
1: Correct. But if it's but if your organization has concurrency issues with their licenses, if you don't need to be on it, let someone else utilize that yeah. license when they need it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you can just pick up the phone, call somebody directly. That's, That's a nice true. option. You can forego getting on the VPN to communicate or forego WebEx or any and, other And most business solutions.
1: applications that you would access, like Teams, Outlook, um, your ERP, uh, your employee portals, if they're public facing, they're probably already using a, long, a strong TLS, right? So your communication is 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 secure, at least encrypted. So and th- those would be additional benefits of using a VPN. Yeah. George, you made a good point earlier when we were mentioning VPNs and the, the precursor to this podcast is that if your company doesn't supply one and you don't already have one, you probably don't. You're looking for something. You might want to avoid the freebies. Yeah. yeah you know that, that those are going to be you get what you pay for. So if you're a small company and you've got a small staff and you want them to telework remotely, do a little bit of research. Uh, you know, talk to some of the, go to the small business administration in your, in your town, go to the, uh, you know, better, better business bureau. They will have some guidance because if you just download, again, do that Google search and pick the the top one and it seems too good to be true. You might be getting some yeah, hour along with it. It probably is too good to be true. Right. Yep. Yeah. I've got one uh, that kind of is a real world example. I don't want to get into anybody into trouble, but. Uh, I think the takeaway is to try to contact your IT department before you make decisions on <laughs> yeah. equipment. Yeah. That so you might want to <laughs> utilize in your home home
0: base. I, I think we could talk about this with some specifics. Uh, Mike's team got a call recently that somebody was needing help because they took their desktop computer home and their VoIP phone home and tried to work from home with those products. <laughs> and that you know, brings in a number <laughs> of challenges. Yeah. They were trying to connect it to Wi-Fi. I don't think it even had a it Wi-Fi card no. in it. You know, th- what? didn't you say they called Comcast? They, their they called with? their
1: service provider Comcast, and Comcast basically <laughs> response was, you should be fine, you have Wi-Fi. There's, there's no issues. Because <laughs> your VoIP phone your VoIP <laughs> is going to be able to like, connect through do Wi-Fi. Do you fear, Not many Mike, of those do. that you're going to have to support a bunch of shadow IT after we come back to the office? It's possible. Um We gave out a That's interesting. our own internal tips and tricks about and one of them was home networks and we requested that they contact us immediately if they have not already set up their home network so that we can try to do some kind of remote uh, review on it yeah but yeah the, the the hope is that when we are all back in the office people will just gravitate back to that being their main base well
0: and we do have a, a large remote workforce so we, we already yeah. issue I mean, so the the person that we're talking about that called with a desktop—that's actually not one of our people. That was someone that
1: kind of pseudo gets. It, it was a, a grandfathered there. in from years ago. Yeah, that we we've, we've moved to another IT infrastructure, but
0: yep. But I think we only have you know two desktops that Mike supports or something anymore. So we're we're a mobile workforce, and when I got here years ago, we started looking at some of the more basic security practices mm-hmm. and implementing those. So our mobiles are BitLockered and all of those things, and so it's. Those things are going on already. So we're well positioned to handle this other than some of the infrastructure stuff that's outside of our control or we're going to have crowded services. But, yeah, it is an interesting time. I I never liked supporting a mobile workforce. So I cut my teeth in the Intel community and it was easy because everybody was in an office in a pretty controlled environment (laughs) and you had, you know a lot of controls around it. So it was easy. But man, as soon as I started getting into mobile, you know, mobile device management, you know, MDM deployments and direct access and VPNs, it it opens up your perimeter. It's not as defined. And so security becomes a challenge for sure. And it's going to be a challenge with work from home. So
1: especially with an undetermined timeline.
0: Right. No one's going to stop. Yeah, we don't know. That's uh, that's always fun. So we're dealing with it the same as you all. Hopefully you can find some use in our tips and tricks And uh, found it helpful and uh, watch out for those scammers out there. They're out there.
1: They'll always be there. Yep. Well, thanks, George. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you for sticking around.
0: Thanks for sticking around. We're going to work from home. The next uh, recording might be over at Webex. (laughs) (laughs) Sound
1: like a potato. It might sound terrible or worse. I I don't want to say that. I think our technician can make magic of it.
0: Think so? We'll call him the magic man. Magic man. Shake and bake, baby. Shake and bake. (laughs) Hey, got another movie quote in there. I love Talladega Nights. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on another episode of the CyberTap. Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. Uh, give us a follow. Subscribe. Give us a review. As always, we want to hear from our listeners. Have we ever gotten an email yet? We're five, four or five one. episodes in
1: no. I noticed awesome. the new review. Out there on Apple Podcasts from Cyber Daughter One Thousand. <laughs> Cyber Daughter One Thousand. What did it say? Uh, you know, something about um, my dad made me listen. He's a nerd. That's probably the most genuine review that we've had. <laughs> I wonder whose fourteen-year-old daughter. I wonder. That's pretty specific. You know the
0: age. I mean, I mean, I wonder whose daughter that was. <laughs> Well, thanks for noticing that, George. I, I guess just awesome. looking at it. We, That's about as legit so as, as Sunset, Sunset Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Sunset Jones. There's one that clearly is me. I think I even admit to my own five-star review, but we'd love for you to go out and give us a review, follow us, subscribe, auto download. And we know you're stuck at home like you're us. Home. So. Right, right. And always you can reach out to us, CyberTap podcast at purdue.edu. We'd love to hear from you. I don't think we've ever had an email. So somebody email us, let us know you're out there. Maybe it's not working. We should test it. We probably should. Thanks all. Thank you. Bye. Hey Mike, hand me that Lysol.